All right. Hey guys, this is Mark from Boostly. Uh, you're listening to the Fearless Investor Podcast with my good friend, Kyle Stanley. Keep listening to conquer the world of investing. I believe true wealth cannot be measured by your income. It is instead measured by your availability of choices, especially the choice to live life on your terms. I also believe there are many ways to create wealth, but one thing is for certain. You have to have a laser focus on one path. My path, Airbnb, but I also believe in education and expanding your mind. Education helps you take off the blinders of life and see opportunities you never saw before. Join me on this journey of learning how to create wealth in Airbnb, real estate, and so many more investment strategies. Together, we can conquer the world of investing. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast. Hey, welcome into the Fearless Investor Podcast. We're talking again, Airbnb today. And before we do get started in Airbnb, uh, have you joined our Airbnb Facebook group? It's absolutely free. All you got to do is go to Facebook and type in the search Airbnb Masterminds. So much value being created on a daily basis there from uh, just great questions. You can ask your questions and you'll get them answered by me and other experts. Uh, it's an awesome place to uh, just get tons of value. And, and speaking of tons of value, Today, this is a longer episode and there's a reason for it. There's just so much value that Mark Simpson is bringing in today about direct bookings and how you can stop relying on third-party uh, OTAs like Airbnb and VRBO and Booking.com and um, Furnish Finders and all these places. And you can start bringing in leads yourself and literally create a business that is based on the decisions that you're making and the people that you're bringing in rather than trying to rely on another business. And I, I think this is just so relevant to me right now in my business because we have just now created our official direct booking site. We kind of had a faux uh, direct booking site for a while, but this one is our legitimate direct booking site. And we're able to take these direct bookings. Uh, but this is, <laughs> this is such a powerful episode because Mark is going to show you how to be able to do that yourself. So strap in. Uh, there's a lot of resources he's going to share, a lot of tips he's going to give. And I can't wait for you to learn more about this with Mark Simpson. Hey guys, welcome into the show. And before we get to it here with Mark Simpson, I just want to ask you, can you really make money in Airbnb and good money? Because um, a lot of people think it seems too good to be true, but I'm here to tell you it is the real deal. You can do this business almost completely passively and without even properties that you own. And that is the crazy thing about this. That was what really clicked with me back in May of 2019. And from then, I went from zero to 25 properties in under 18 months. That's $20,000 of net income after just 18 months of being in this business. And guess what? You can do the same. I'm giving you the path of how to master, automate, and scale an Airbnb business with properties that you don't even own. All you have to do is go to fearlesskyle.com, click on the Airbnb tab, and go to the Airbnb Kickstart course, and you can get your business started today. Now, Let's get to it with, this is going to be a fun episode. I'm, I've been wanting Mark on the show for a while, but Mark uh, Simpson with Boostly, he's coming in from Spain, originally from England. Hey man, thanks for being on the show. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Okay, awesome. So Mark, most interesting, craziest, weirdest, what, what is, I, I feel like we're going to get a good story here. So I want to know what is your Airbnb story? Yeah. And I, I was prepared. I do, I do check out your podcast. I started one with Julie George. So I did have a, an Airbnb, but it's, it's a hospitality story. So my, my background is that I grew up on a um, 200 acre farm in the wow. middle of, um, in the middle of nowhere in, in England. And back in the nineties, my parents turned this 200 acre farm 
into a very small bed and breakfast. They, they transformed the barn into four bedrooms and they, they created a, a farm stay bed and breakfast. This was like before, and now it's really popular. You see farm stays everywhere, but this is like back in the day. Okay. And I've always been around hospitality um, ever since like the age of five, really, been, been involved in hospitality. So we've had pretty much strangers in my house <laughs> since I can remember. And, you know, because you've been, when you live in it, when you're breathing it, and you're seeing it every single day uh, for, for well over 30 years, you do get a lot of people come through. I mean, we've had guests come through, but um, we became friends. You know, this is like the whole thing of, of hospitality and what I love about it. But um, funny, funny, crazy stories. Um, I mean, we've literally seen everything. Um, there's a really popular British uh, TV sitcom called Faulty Towers. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Monty Python. No, so John Cleese. It's, it's like st- stereotypical British comedy, but we always used to say that our, our, our hospitality business was like Faulty Towers. We had a picture of the cast up on our wall, but one story that, that springs to mind, and it's, when you asked me this question, it, it's the first one that came to, uh, to the picture was we had a, a couple come and um, stay with us, an eld- elderly couple, and they were only meant to be coming for like two nights. Uh, they were driving from middle of England, coming up to, to the coast, and en route, they had a, a car crash. Not a major car crash, but like a, enough to put them in hospital. Oh, wow. And they were really badly shook up, and both of them were suffering uh, memory loss. They couldn't remember anything. They couldn't remember where they were staying. Luckily, in their car, they had a, a piece of paper, a printout, of their booking confirmation. So at the hospital, um, and bearing in mind, they didn't have a, a phone on them. They didn't have anything on them. And so they couldn't contact their two daughters. They, we found out they had two daughters. And um, we got a, we get a phone call from the hospital, Scarborough Hospital, because they obviously Scarborough is such a small location. Right. Everybody knows everybody. And um, we, we, we get a phone call saying, um, we've got some, some of your guests here. And um, so I think this, this sums up hospitality really well. And this, is, this really does sum up why, why people get into hospitality. We went and got them from the hospital. We brought them back. Oh, my God. And then began two days of trying to figure out who they are, and more importantly, where their family were, because they only had a landline telephone number like on their booking confirmation. And they didn't really have email. You know, they, they called us and made the booking. So we wanted to let their family know, their two daughters know that um, – that they were okay. And they kept saying they had two daughters, but they didn't really know their phone number. Um, we only had a name to go off. And, you know, my, my granddad was an ex was a policeman when he was alive. And I grew up, um, wanting to either be a soccer player or, or a policeman. I love like being detective. I love like, trying to find things out. And so I just went into proper on Google trying to find these daughters and, and we managed to track her down. We managed to track them down in a garden center on the other end of the country after like hours of hours and hours of searching and looking after this couple at the same time. And um, very luckily she was able to get all the way from nine hours away in the UK to come up to, up, up to the farm. And um, we let her stay at no charge. Uh, we, we let the family stay for like three days at you know, no extra charge. And um, we, for years after, still heard from, from, from this family, from, yeah. from this couple. And it's just those sort of memories that really stand out. Um, so it's not overly funny, hilarious. It's just the no. things that hospitality owners do. Um, I mean, on you know, obviously from 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 the other end, we are close to two areas that people like to come and get drunk for a weekend. So <laughs> the, the amount of sick, yeah. the amount of 
fights we've had to break up, the amount of lost things that have been left behind, um, the amount of uh, unbelievable things that have been left behind. And I think any Airbnb host has, has had some funny things oh, yeah. left behind. Oh, yeah. It could easily be in a, in, a, in a red light district in some areas of the world. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, these are the sort of stories that hospitality owners have. And we were talking about Clubhouse beforehand. It's one of the one of the rooms I would love to run one day would be, you know, um, these hospitality stories that, that stick out because when you, when you've got people, when you've got moving parts and people, like it, the, the, the stories and the experiences that you get, um, last with you forever. Yeah, it's hundred percent. I mean, especially when I was doing Airbnb as a room out of my house, uh, you know, you, you get like some lifelong friends, you know, who stay there for two days. And before you know it, your Facebook friends, you're catching up every few months and it's, yeah. it's wild. Um, that's a really um, heartwarming story, man. And that's really cool. It says a lot about who you are and what you've built too. So uh, it sounds like you don't necessarily have a life before Airbnb or hospitality. It sounds like you were kind of born into it. So have you ever held any other jobs outside of hospitality? Yeah, loads. I've, okay. I've, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I've been able to travel around the world a couple of times. So I, I grew up in the middle of nowhere and, you know, I loved, I loved hospitality. I love growing up in it. I love being able to, um, to meet loads of people, but at the same time, um, in our teenage years, there's me and a group of friends and we just wanted to do one thing and that was escape, get out and travel. And, um, I really wanted to be a football player, soccer player, but there's one problem. I'm not very good at soccer. <laughs> so I, um, I started coaching and I got my coaching badges and I was really fortunate to get a, a job offer in America. So pretty much from 2002 to 2007, 2008, every year I'd get my H1 visa, come over to America, coach for five months, and then basically um, be in America for five months and back in England for seven months. And I did that year after year after year, and I traveled mm -hmm. to every state. I absolutely loved it. And then um, after that, my, my buddy um, got out of uni, and because I didn't do uni college, I dropped off after high school. And uh, he said, I want to go traveling. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. And so we yeah. just booked a one-way trip to, to Bangkok. And that, that one-way trip to Bangkok lasted for two years, going around Australia and everywhere. Wow. And um, when we got to Australia, we were out of money. So we just did what every stereotypical British backpacker does and fell into bar work. So I've done hospitality work. I've done uh, gardening. I've worked in offices. I've worked all over the place, all over the world in different sort of things, different, different things. But it always sort of fell back to hospitality. And um, so, yeah, and, and then... In 2009, me and my buddy were back in Scarborough, back in a, a local pub, and we were like, this place is too small. We need to go somewhere else. So we just basically did the Dick Whittington down to London town, and um, that's where I fell into sales and marketing, which, okay. is, which is like the catalyst of everything that really happened next with, with going back to the family business and then starting Boostly. That's great. All right, so... What, when does Airbnb come into this? When does the short-term rentals side come in? Yeah. Um, so Airbnb, um, I've always known of Airbnb. Actually, um, I, Airbnb purchased a company in, in England um, back in the 10s called Crashpadder. And I actually knew the, one of the founders of Crashpadder, which then obviously got turned into Airbnb. It's like when they were trying to expand outside of America. And so I've always known of Airbnb, always used it. Um, it really started to get popular in England, probably about 2013, 2014, maybe 2015, that sort of times. And we were one of the first, 
um, hospitality businesses to get listed on it, as in like a, a B&B. So um, we always, I always like to do things a little bit differently. When everybody's zigging, I like to zag. And we've done that quite a lot. So like we'll say, we're one of the first bed and breakfast to basically figure out how to get listed on, on Airbnb. Um, when our business, the granary, got really, really popular, 2014, 2015, we put on free holiday cottages onto our land. Um, and we, we, we had a ban that we knocked down and converted into free holiday cottages. And, and that got up on, on there. But, but yeah, um, I have always sort of known it, used it. Um, but now the funny thing is, with everything that I do um, since 2016, I've been showing hosts how they can actually get bookings and not have to rely on, on these guys. Because I know hosts who rely 95%, 90%, 85% on bookings coming in from Airbnb, one channel, which is dangerous, man. You know, it's really dangerous when you, when you do that because you're building your house on someone else's land. And so um, ever since 2016, it's like as much as I know it, use it, um, I also say to hosts, listen, don't over rely on this. Use it as a marketing channel. Use it like a Facebook. Don't bet your house on it. Yep, absolutely. And, and just to speak from personal experience on this, we grew so fast. I, you know, we literally started in this business in May 2019. And it, it became such a growth focused business that we developed all these, you know, systems here on Airbnb. And it wasn't until probably about three or four months ago that I was like, man, this thing is blown up, but yeah, if Airbnb, let's just call it disappears tomorrow. If, I mean, I've heard of horror stories of people literally just having one bad experience with a guest and that guest complains to Airbnb and their, their site is gone. And, yeah. and, and that is a scary feeling to think, holy cow, 30 plus listings can be gone like that. And so this yeah. idea of direct booking, um, it really, you know, in my mind, Mark, like, let's just call a spade a spade. If you're running it on Airbnb, you know, you're running, uh, not your business, you're running someone else's business because you're paying Airbnb and they don't need you. Um, they, if you have thousands of units, maybe they need you, but, but when you've got 30 units, they're like, I got another 15,000 of you around the U S one of you is, is not going to make a difference. You're out of here. So we need mm -hmm. to take control of our businesses. And I think it's awesome what you're doing with Boostly to be able to help people do that. So um, where, where was that desire to want to start something like Boostly uh, to, to get these direct bookings? Did you have that yeah. moment where you're like, I got to take control of my business? Yeah, definitely. Well, it wasn't a case of our business because, when, um, because of what I learned in, in, in London doing the sales and marketing, I, I really quickly learned the power of social media, learned the power of things like uh, review websites like TripAdvisor was the big dog back then. I mean, it's not so much now, but it was back then. Everybody before they booked any holiday, they'd go to TripAdvisor to see a review. Um, and I learned about the power of obviously Google and SEO and email marketing. And you know, I, even though I was in the sales department of Quipe, Q-Y-P-E, but it was later purchased by Yelp. Um, I was always just geeking out in the marketing department, just looking at what they were doing, look at what was going on. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big soccer fan. So um, I was, I was started going on podcasts for like Liverpool football fans and whatnot. And I, and again, just watching what content creators were doing. And it was as awesome at the back of my mind. And so when I moved back to the family business, me and my wife and my eldest, who's, who was, was one, two at the time, now he's eight. Um, my role was basically to get the family online because the business, even though it'd been going for 25 years, it was still being run by pen and paper. It was wow. crazy. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And this is a 14 bedroom guest house at this point, tea rooms, restaurant, Ooh. you know, it's full on. 
And it's just, you know, that my parents didn't know any better. And this is 2010, 2011, you know, and I know now it's like a thousand PMSs channel managers, but like back then they didn't really know. So it, my job was to get it all online, get a Facebook, get a social media. And within 18 months of just basically applying those skills that I learned in, in London um, and learning, learning myself as, as like scrappy as we were going along, we're able to grow to the top three rated business in TripAdvisor. We're able to get to the biggest independently local business followed business on, on Facebook. And um, so many of our, our bookings will come in direct because we took that offline word of mouth online. And there's, there's, there's loads of tactics and tips and the things that I've done and learned over the years that I've applied with the granary, with the hospitality business and, and now apply it with, with, with Boostly. But the, the moment really was as the business, as the granary got really, really popular, our goal was to sell it at the end of the day. We came into the business. My parents have been doing it for 25 years. They wanted to sell it, be able to retire. So we, we wanted to come in to help and grow that. So we added on like a wedding venue, wedding license, cottages, you know, everything to, to really add the value to the, to, to the business, just like Julie George we're talking about the other yeah. day. And, um, and so when it came to the point of it grew so much and I was still doing everything, you know, I'm father of two kids at this point, still doing everything. So someone handed me the Tim Ferriss book for our work week, read it, loved it, adored it, learned the power of outsourcing, was able to hire outsourcers to be able to um, help me take some of the chores off, off, off my back. And then I had this free time. So I started to go to local business networking meetings for the tourism in the area. And um, at these meetings, with my, maybe 100 hospitality owners. Where I'm from in, in the UK is a very popular seaside resort called Scarborough. One in every three businesses is like some form of hospitality in some way, shape or form. And at these local meetings, um, hosts were complaining about um, bookings that were coming in from online travel agents. Airbnb, Booking.com, Expedia, you know, uh, those are the big three. The Expedia group, Booking Holidays, and, and Airbnb, they're, they're the big three. They pretty much own everything, Verbo, et cetera. And they're just complaining about how, again, we're dictated by their rules. Uh, you got to, you know, you got to play in their sandpit. You get the commission you have to pay. And I just, at the back of the room, didn't really know anybody, just put my hand up saying, well, what are you doing to bring your own bookings in? And everybody just looked at me with a blank expression. <laughs> I was like, okay. So um, I said, well, how about this? Um, I will put on a little, um, like a little mini like class at the end of like evening meal one night at the granary. Could just come up eight, nine o'clock. I'll run you through five things that I've done and you might be able to do it as well. And out of a hundred people, like four or five people put their hand up. Out of the hundred people there, four or five people put their hand up. And so they were the five people I first ever taught doing this. And um, I, I looked around to see what, who was helping. And there were marketing agencies, but they were charging 12 grand a year. Um, and it weren't specialized in hospitality. And there were some coaches, but they were talking really outdated stuff. And I was like, and I was like this, this can't be it. You know? And I went to the local tourism and they were like telling you what to do, not how to do it. And I was like, this is shit. You know? <laughs> like, come on, like, there's got to be somebody out there. And I just thought, well, if no one's going to do it, I will. And at the same time, that light bulb moment was the farm was about to get put up for sale. And me and my wife were talking, well, what we're going to do next. You know, we, we wanted to get traveling because both me and my wife love traveling. Like I, before I met her, she traveled all over the world. She was born in Johannesburg, lived in Saudi for two years with, with her parents. And so we wanted to travel. And that's where the idea of Boostly came. My wife actually came up with the name Boost Hospitality and I just shortened it to Boostly. And the idea was, um, was that I would just give tactics and training and advice on how guests could get their own direct bookings. And it's just simple tips that don't cost any money to do 
And it's using the power of social media, using the power of word of mouth, using the power of Google to just get people to book with you directly and to make the OTAs work for you and not the other way around. And that was like the, the big moment when I realized that so many people were over relying. And the more I've dug into this rabbit hole and the more I've gone down it and the more that I've, like I say, started to discover more people in America, like because of Clubhouse, my name's getting spread around America a lot more now. And the, the, the amount of people that are massively, massively, massively over relying, um, it worries me, you know, because I saw last March, 2020, this time last year was one day, um, Airbnb, you just woke up and I, I've got a group called the Hospitality Community Facebook group. It's the most engaged group for hospitality owners all over the world. It's like 92% engagement, 6,000 people in it. And I've created that 2016. And every day I show up and give some little bit of advice in some way, shape or form. And we built a real cool community. And I remember waking up that day and there was posts and posts and posts. And it was screen grabs of the email that Airbnb sent out to everybody. Yeah. Like not just, you, know, you, you, you remember it, not just guests, but hosts as well saying, listen, I don't care um, what the cancellation policy is. Uh, you can cancel your stay for free right now. And without any warning to the host at all, right. they just did that. And everybody got it. They got a notification on their phone and it was just bananas. And obviously what happened and resulted in that was cancellation, cancellations. Now I've been saying since 2016, don't build your house on someone else's land. Anything could happen. The examples that you gave, yep. Airbnb yep. could shoot your portfolio down. You could get a couple of really bad reviews. You could get, account, could get hacked into X, Y, or Z. I yep. wasn't planning or predicting a, a global pandemic. But right. No one I was. <laughs> no one was. But... And the problem was, is that so many people were affected and so many people lost everything. Now I've said this story a lot of times and that was that, that that's that Thanos click that we talked about. Now I've said this story loads of time and, and the big response back is, yeah, but Mark, just because people booked direct doesn't mean there weren't cancellations. And no, I get that. We had cancellations massively, but you get one thing that you don't get with, with what Airbnb is that we had the power to pick up the phone and reach out to our guests yeah. and call them a human conversation one-on-one -on -one, and just say, Hey, Kyle, I know you've booked to come stay with us in April. Um, obviously you can't come and stay with, with, with the lockdown and, and everything. Um, now, you know, let's move your dates to November, December, et cetera. So you can come and stay with us. Obviously you want to come and stay. And we'd love for you to come and stay with us. Um, if you really need the money, we'll give you it back. But you know, we want to make sure this business is here at the back end. Like way more, there was way more solutions that, or options that could have been given rather than just you have oh. to cancel. Yeah. And Airbnb have, have, have admitted this. And this is why now, after the IPO, Brian Chesky is doing this big PR run saying it's all about the host. And it's all about the host. It's not. It's not. As soon as you go IPO and you've got stake and shareholders, it's not about the hosts. They just care about one thing and one thing only. But they've got to now go back and do this big PR stunt with the with the tv ads and, and, and all of that spiel and and they've admitted they made a mistake and this is this is why and it was bittersweet bitter because everything that happened but the sweet is that i see so many people now in facebook groups all over um talking particularly in america particularly in airbnb focus groups um saying okay so what's this thing called a channel manager yeah. you know yeah. what's this thing yeah. called a pms what's this thing called verbo I've heard about this thing called Verbo. And then people are thinking about multi-channels and getting websites. So that is the suite for me because this whole direct booking um, message that I'm spreading and I've got some really big goals. I've got a, a big goal by 2040. Um, I'm going to help 1 million hosts increase their direct bookings and get them to cut down on, the, on their over-reliance on these guys. So then eventually we can have a seat at the table and we can get them to, to listen mm. to us 
And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'm, I'm basically just really stuck in this rabbit hole now, whether I like it or not. I'm just, just going gung ho and just helping hoes with direct bookings. Okay. That's so good, man. I mean, holy cow, there's so many things I can ask, but I know the number one question on people's minds is there, the people are listening right now. They're those four or five people in that room of a hundred that raised their hand and got to go talk to you one-on-one. What did you share with that group? What can you share with this group today that can help them get started on uh, getting more direct bookings? No, absolutely. It's a, it's a great question, actually. And the cool thing is, is that the same thing that I taught right way back when is the same. Um, so if you go to booster.co.uk, there's a little thing at the top that just says um, my five tactics and tips to increase your direct bookings. Those same five tips are the same ones that I gave all those years ago. So I just pop your email in and you'll get a little, a little email that gives you five videos, unlisted videos. And um, I've updated and tweaked them over the years, um, but it focuses on, on five key areas. So number one is email, which is really important. Anybody who has got an email list and is actively using it knows what I mean by this. And there was a very recent blog by Neil Patel. And Neil Patel's got his finger on the pulse on a lot of things. And um, he said that with the current trends and, and the stats that are coming out, email marketing is making a, a renaissance. It's having a second wind because it always has, it always is, and it always will be one of the most powerful forms of marketing because number one, it's free, which is nice, mailchimp.com, free. Um, and you get a chance to have a one-on-one conversation yep. um, with the reader. Now, as long as you structure your email correctly and you don't make it spammy or sleazy or salesy or make it look like a, like a radio ad, like a, like a sales magazine ad, then it's a fantastic way. And I, I've, I've taught email marketing to, to, to my um, students, Boothley Academy members. And there's one specific thing that I, that I teach them and, and everybody listening to this can go and do this right now. Um, in January, um, every year, the first week after New Year's is that, is, that, is that travel planning gold. Even this year, it's basically everybody shakes the hangover off and goes, right, where well, we're going on holiday this year. And they start to look around and places to book. So what I get my guys to do is um, I get them to go into their PMS, their channel manager, and I get them to look at the dates for 2021, 2022, whenever it is. And I just say, right, close off all of those dates in your calendar to the OTAs that you know that you could sell three or four or five times over. You know what I mean? Like big events or, you know, bank holiday weekends, Labor Day weekends, whatever you want to call it. Sure. You know you could sell them even in COVID times, like three or four or five times over. So I say, close them off to the OTAs. And then what you're going to do is you're going to go into your email list, MailChimp.com. And it doesn't matter whether you've got two people on there or 2,000 people on there. You can send out an email to everybody just saying, hey, everybody, this is Mark from The Granary here. Uh, we're really looking forward to this year. We're really looking forward to welcoming you to come and see us. Uh, just to let you know, these are our important dates, June the 1st, July the 1st, et cetera, et cetera. Just to let you know, you can only book them directly with us. We've closed them off to the OTAs and it's first mm. come, first serve. Um, all you need to do, here's my cell number. Here's our booking link. Or you can email me back and, and ask them questions and we can get you booked in. We had people do that. And within 48 hours of sending that email out, they had thousands, like four figures returned on investment on, on direct bookings. It really wow. sets the year up nicely. And that's something you can do at any point at any time. Um, it's really simple to do. And now if you compare that to putting a post out on social media, you put a post out on social media and 0.8% of your followers will see it because Facebook strangles the reach. Um, LinkedIn at the moment is the best organic reach that you're going to get. But again, they're still strangling it because at the end of the day, they want you to give them money. You've got to pay to play. Sure. You, can, you can pay to get that ad out. 
on Facebook, etc. But Facebook, since the elections, have gone absolute batshit crazy by banning so many ads accounts. It's ridiculous. I've had my ads account banned, you know, from from, from 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 doing nothing. So you don't know if it's going to get seen or seen by the right people. But with an email list, it's fantastic, phenomenal, and and again, it's free. You know, Mailchimp.com is free up to two thousand subscribers. So um, it's really easy to get going. It's really good to get going. So that's one of the videos. The, the, the other the other one is Google. So Google, um, you got to treat Google like your homepage of your website. And there's some specific training I show you on how to do that because, and, and I think so many hosts um, and especially hosts that are doing this well, they, they discredit this, but if you're using Airbnb correctly, your bio, your profile on Airbnb should start off by saying, hi, I'm Carl. I'm the founder of insert your brand of your business. So wh- wh- whatever that may be, or hi, I'm Mark. I'm the manager and founder of the granary. Because when somebody still goes on Airbnb now, they'll see your one unit and they'll think that you'll only have that one unit. Oh, yeah. Because they, they don't know the ecosystem of how all this, all this malarkey works. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't brand yourself as being like a property manager or however, however you want to play it, then they won't know that. But if you put, hey, I'm, I'm Mark of Simpson Homes or whatever, whatever you want to call it, don't discredit the fact that they will go and do a, a Google search for you. You know, Danny, um, that Danny Roosting from Optimize My BNB, I know him well, and he's got oh, this yeah. really little spiel about how you go, um, I'm, I'm Danny from da 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 da, go and check out my reviews, they are rather good. You know, and that, it just puts the psychological edge into them to then go and run a Google search. And when they run the Google search for your name, now Airbnb and booking.com and everybody, we're not daft, you know, we're not daft right, at this. Right. So, when you sign the contract that nobody reads to get listed on these channels, what you in, in the contract, it states that they can bid on your brand, on your business name, on Google, because they're not daft. They know people are going to do this. So what happens is if, if that guest goes and Googles your business name, your brand name, booking.com are hijacking your brand name, Airbnb, Verbo, wherever you're listed. And so it brings them straight back into the ecosystem. So what I do is I just show a real cool little tip on how you can bid on your own brand name and you can actually get higher on the ranking on Google by literally doing that. And it costs pennies to the pound because of the, the, the way that I show it. Um, so that's Google, that's email. Number three is your website. You've got to have a website. Absolutely. You've got to have a website, even if you just use it as a, as, as a, as a branding pay, play, just to show that you're a proper company. Because there's so many scammy fake Airbnbs out there and guests get absolutely stung by this. You've got to have, especially if you want to grow, you know, if anybody's tried to grow a portfolio and you've gone to say a landlord or an estate agent or whoever, uh, a real estate, and they'll go, hey, you know, I'm, I'm Mark from da 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 da. It's like, yeah, nice one, son. Leave me some information. It's like, if you give them a website or you haven't got a website, then again, it's, you've got to stand out. You've got to look the part. You know what I mean? And so a website oh, yeah. is key to that. So again, I, I show you that I show you how to structure a website. Um, you know, we, we at Boostly, like Boostly split into three areas. One is website design, content creation and training. Our website side of the business, if we're going to do a 60, 30, 10, the website side now is 60% of what we do. So many people are coming to us for websites because they're stuck. They don't know where to go. They don't know who to go to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, I'll be honest. That was exactly why I didn't make a direct booking site until recently is I just didn't know where to mm. go. And the thought of making 30 different listings uh, on a website was just like that. That sounded like a full-time job. So yeah, yeah, yeah. keep going. Yeah. So um, 
in, in that training, what I do is I show you how to layer your home site. Basically, there's a, there's a very strict structure and a wireframe you need to follow. Because again, um, you can't just brain fart your information onto a page because a guest will get confused. And when you, as anybody who's read the story brand by Donald Miller, if you confuse, you lose. So we, we, we've really structured a very specific how a website should look and it flows really nicely and it ticks off all the boxes. So number one, getting reviews on there. Number two, uh, a real good headline and image at the top. Number three, you got to make sure that it's built for mobile and all that jazz. So again, that's the, the third piece of training that I walk people through. And then the, the, the other two, is well, social media. Social media is so powerful. Facebook groups. I mean, Facebook groups has been one of the biggest marketing tactics in 2020 because so many people were using Facebook because they were locked up in their houses, no places to go. And the, the yeah. first place to go is the social media. Facebook groups is the big thing that Facebook um, wants you to go to. Because if you look at all the other social media channels, the one thing that TikTok hasn't got, that Instagram hasn't got, that Clubhouse hasn't got, has got like a group, group discussion atmosphere. Yep. And so Facebook are really making a play for it because they, they know that businesses are, are, are making big, big money from groups and it's free. You know, and Facebook want a piece of that pie. They are figuring out now, they've got teams upon teams upon teams trying to figure out how they can monetize it. And they are to an extent with, uh, with, with fans and, and, and whatnot, you know. So um, basically Facebook groups is a, is a really powerful place. If you do it right, if you, if you go in there, and you don't be, again, sales and spammy and sleazy, but you go in and, and supply right. help and content and, you know, advice, then you will become the go-to. So that's a piece of training that I called, it's called the go-to. And I'm writing my first book this year and the becoming the go-to is a big chunk of that book because it covers, if you can crack that, you will have people knocking on your door, wanting to do business with you, wanting to Absolutely. come and stay with you, wanting to grow your portfolio by becoming the go-to guy or gal. And the cool thing is it only takes five or 10 minutes a day on social media to do. And, cool. and, and the final one, and, and it's, it's the one that I love and it's the one that I, I can attribute to, to any, any business is relationships. Mm. Um, any business, the key to any successful business isn't so much what you know, it's who you know. And anybody right now can pick up their phone and they can pretty much text your whole text from phone book and you could ask a question, do you know anyone? Do you know anyone? Do you know anyone that wants to uh, sublet out their, their property or like rent out their property or do you know, do you know anybody who's coming to town and needs a place to stay? Guarantee you will be at least one person that will turn around and go, Oh yeah, I actually do. And here's a number. If you do that, you do that and it will actually bring you in bookings or bring you in new properties to, to, to grow your business. And again, there's that, there's that training in it. So it all focuses down on, on those five things. And um, yeah, I've been offering that out as a free little guide, a free little download, so to speak, since 2016. And uh, over 100,000 people have downloaded it. Um, I'm a massive fan of action takers. And unfortunately, I reckon about less than a third of those have actually act, like, taken action uh, because I do, I do really... I, the, the, one of the reasons why I get so much stuff done is because I just take action. And, I, and I, anybody who comes into my world, um, I, I said, like, you're going to love and hate me. You're going to love me at the results, but you're going to hate me because of what I make you do and how I make you, you know, get this work done. Don't just, yeah. like, there's so much free stuff out there, so much free courses and everything, especially with COVID. Everybody now has, has got some sort of free download and whatnot. And people just love to scoop up and hover up all the free stuff. But I'm like, no, like you get something, you listen to a podcast or you watch a podcast, you watch a video, you get a free guide and just take one thing and action it into your business right now. And that's all I ask from everybody. And, and the cool thing is, is that like, there's people out there like, like yourself, you've grown a business, you've shown how it's done and it's like you're laying it out for everybody. 
And it's, it's like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel here. No, just go and find people that have done it, done it well, and take what they're giving you and then put it into practice. You know what I mean? And if, and if one thing doesn't work, then go and try something else. And because again, it, it, the, the proof is in the pudding. Success leaves clues. So that's the five things. Uh, and again, it's, it's, it's uh, super powerful. I love it. I love it. Taking action is, it, it's just so funny, man, how we see, I see it too. You know, even if people don't get something for free, if they download my course um, and they pay, you know, a little bit of money and they don't take the action, there's a lot more people that do take action than don't, but the ones that don't take the action, I'm like, man, like all you have to do is this exact formula. Like it, it is not something you have to reinvent. Now, one question I have from those five things is how are you collecting emails? Because Airbnb removed that from the data that uh, people are doing. So I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. So like I say, I, I do like to be like sneaky and cheeky and I do like to uh, bend the rules and, 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 and like figure out these things. So I, I've spent years like guinea pig in this. Um, again, I'm a massive Tim Ferriss fanboy who's a you know, self-proclaimed guinea pig himself. He likes to test things. And I like to do the same in the world of hospitality. So there's now there's some really cool tech that can help you. Um, for example, uh, smart BNB with the text message and the messaging and whatnot. So you can still get messages out there, but the trick is, is to get them into your land as soon as possible. And there's, there's, there's one or two ways. So number one, you can do it pre-stay. So now um, what you'll find is that there are um, a load of really cool tech coming along that will um, identify the guest, guest verification, like Superhog. Um, in the UK, I know it's really popular. So basically what they'll do after the point of booking, the guest then has to go and verify them. So they say who they are for like health and safety and da 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 So you're not going to come and do a party in the property. And then at that point, what you can do when you're doing that process is you can put a little, um, a little email sign-up form there. So again, you start sort of putting the idea in the head that they can sign up for an email. And you've got to, you've got to, you've got to do it and incentivize it. You can't just call it sign up to my newsletter because that's right. just no one signed up to a newsletter. No, no. No, it's not nineties anymore. So you've got to, you've got to intrigue them. So a good example would be, uh, again, family based in Scarborough. So uh, would you like my top uh, 11 favorite places to go in Scarborough? Um, that you can go and get discounts yeah. at and um, go check out, eat and whatnot. Get like the, the, the guide from the host. Yeah, the now lead that magnet. Sounds appealing. A lead magnet. Sounds very appealing. And um, so that's number one way you can do that. Now, the second way, digital guidebook. Hostfully, Touchday, fantastic companies, uh, digital guidebook. You can, um, you can create a digital guidebook for free with Hostfully. And again, part of the automated messages that go out. I mean, even Airbnb are offering... Um, automated messages now. I mean, it's crap, but at least they're offering right. it. Right. Um, but like, again, you can put the link in there saying, hey, Kyle, we're looking forward to you coming to stay on insert day on insert time. Um, here's a link to our digital guidebook. All, all the questions that you've got are in there. And again, in the digital guidebook, you can put in about the, the uh, would you like to get the 10 guys? The, the, the whole goal of this is to take people off Airbnb as soon as yeah. possible. And it's the same for any marketing channel. The goal with Facebook is to get people off Facebook as soon as possible. And then the, the, the other thing that I do, two more things, and you can try any of these, two more things. There's a really cool company called StayFi. Um, which is basically Wi-Fi access. You've got to give your email address up to get onto the Wi-Fi. Right. Um, so again, StayFi, 
It's a growing, growing company. I tested this kind of software in 2013 and it was rubbish. It was awful. But StayFi are coming back now and have made it smoother, easier to use. Um, so yeah, StayFi, really cool. So again, it's like, you want to use Wi-Fi? Because everybody wants to use Wi-Fi. I guarantee one member of your party. I mean, I've got an eight-year-old, oh, yeah. a five-year-old and a two-year-old. The first thing that they ask when they come into a property with their little iPad, the iPad. have you got Wi-Fi? I want to watch YouTube. You know, it's like, it's one of them or Pokemon or whatever the, the latest thing is. So again, give up your email for Wi-Fi. That's how you get them on the list. And then the final one, which is the most simplest one that everybody can do right now and it doesn't cost any money, you can go and create QR codes mm-hmm. uh, for free on the internet. Create a QR code and direct it to your email sign-up form. And what you'll do is you'll print off that QR code, you'll laminate it, and you'll stick it on the back of your door in your rentals. You can stick it on the back of the door entrance. You can stick it on the back of the kitchen. You can put it on your fridge, put it back of the bedrooms. Wherever you want to put it, put it with a nice little message, just saying what I said to you. Would you like my top 11 favorite places to check out whilst you're staying in the area? Scan this code. The cool thing about these phones now is that you can just hold it up to it and it scans it and it takes you straight to the page. Yep, so easy. So again, you go up, put the Wi-Fi in. And you know, you can try any one of them. And you I guarantee you, you will get people signing up to your email list. The trick is, what do you send them? What do you do next? Which is where so many people fall like fall down on because they just don't know what to send on emails. Yeah, I mean I I know we're kind of running out of time here, but I am Man, curious, I'm, you know maybe use this as a way to just critique me. Honestly, my email list, I just send people, um, I, I send it out as the mass email, but it's, um, you know, of course going to have their first name, um, put in there. And, and I just treat it like a regular follow-up conversation. Hey, how you doing? Are you coming to Fresno again anytime soon? Um, here's a link to our, our listings that are available. Uh, let me know what you're coming into town for and how I can be of help. And, and that's literally all I say. And we've gotten a pretty good response from that. Well, that's, that's good. That's good yeah. because, again, you're, again, I think it's very easy for everybody to think that everybody knows everything that you're doing in business and, and how everything works. But I'd say that 80% of your guests don't realize that in emails, you've got the ability to add in a little bit of code that pulls yeah. in their first name. Right. And so they think that you're sending them a personal email every time when, when you know that you're sending that to 200, 300, 400, 500 people. You know, it's, it's mass email but it's not because they think it's a personal one. So that's like personalization in email is, is super important. And that's, that's a nice one. That's something that should be automated a month after checkout. And you can easily do that in all of the PMSs and the channel managers now. But the, the main thing to do, and this is really important, is to not look at email as in I'm going to get bookings or sales from this. I'm not going to, you know, if you go onto MailChimp, and this is the thing that annoys me with MailChimp, all of the templates that they show you are glossy magazine type right. ad templates right at the very bottom. It's like the ugly duckling is text, plain text. Yeah. That's what right? I use too. Yep. Now look at your emails, right? Look at your inbox right now. If I open up an email before I even have a chance to read it, if it looks like anything like a glossy magazine, it goes straight into the spam folder. Yep. The ones that I read, the ones that I respond to are the ones that look like, a plain normal email first things first that's what you do secondly you just write like you're writing to a long lost pen pal because again people buy from people people um love stories so again when you're doing an email and 
um, you can just talk about what has been going on in your local area. You could be talking about what has been happening in the business. You can talk about what's been going on. I mean, if, if you hate the prospect of that, go to upwork.com, go to fiverr.com. You'll find a copywriter who, who get, who's an expert in yeah. this and they will learn your business and they, they will send these for you. Um, one of the simplest things that I, I have done for years um, is I just send people back to our social media pages, social media posts that have done quite well. So if there's a, like, if there's a particular post that's gone out on our social media, Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook, et cetera, and it got like a, a bit of traction, like you know, a couple of likes, comments and whatnot, then I would construct an email and just go, oh, this, this really funny thing happened on the farm, for example. You know, we've had like uh, new cows and, and one of the cows, we, we called it Daisy and, and it escaped and da, 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 da. We took a picture and we put it up on social media and it got a lot of fun. Let us know in the comments what you think. And again, you're killing two birds with one stone here. Number one, you're sending an email out, which is mint because nobody else is doing it. Number two, it's not selling anything. Number three, you're getting a click on that email. So basically, mm. you've got to treat email like... Um, a social media algorithm. In your Gmail inbox right now, you'll see that tab called promotions. Right. Your email, if, you, if you've got a, a, an email account and you've got a thousand emails on your list and you send an email out and only out of a thousand, say 10 people open it, then your email is going to be hitting that promotions tab. It's going to be never be seen. But if you can send an email out and you can get engagement in it, for example, a reply or a click, then that Gmail provider is going to be like, oh, info at booster.co.uk is actually a decent email account. It's got a lot of good karma and juice behind it. It's going to go into the inbox. So that's what you need to be doing. So number two, you're getting the email juices going. And then number four, you're driving people back to your social media channel, getting more likes, more comments, more engagement on there. So then you get the social media juice as well. That email takes less than a minute, two minutes to, to put together. It, you know, you just got to remember maybe a good social media post and you can go into your insights to, to see that. If you haven't had any good social media posts, then go and find one in your area. You know, go and find like a post that you've seen that's, that's relevant in the area. It could be like an event that's coming up or it could be a big bit of news or X, Y, and Z. And people love to read that. Like, don't, don't think that they don't want to read that because, again, people have come to stay in your area for a reason, whether it's work, business, pleasure, whatever. And again, they, 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 they love that. Yeah. And it, if you look at your email list right now, 99% of the stuff will be in there trying to use to buy something in some way, shape or form. So if when everybody's zigging, if you zag, you will stand out, you will get opens and replies. And, and like I said at the start, out of every form of marketing, it's the only one that you get one-on-one -on -one communication with. If you put a post up on social media, ton of noise. If you post up on Instagram, there's a ton of noise. Even if you look at booking.com and Airbnb, when you're on your, if someone lands on your Airbnb listing, straight away, Airbnb are going, this is all right, but take a look at all of these. You know what I mean? There's tons of noise. But with email, as long as you do it right, you've got that one-on-one -on -one communication yeah. and it's phenomenally powerful. So good. So good. Mark, we, we've gone over on time, but the amount of value that you've just brought is so worth it. So um, people want to learn more, go to Boostly. Where, where can they go? Yeah, boostly.co.uk. So B-O-O-S-T-L-Y.co.uk. Go and grab that um, five-step guide. And then go and implement it, whatever you do. Otherwise, I'll be finding you. I'll, I'll hunt you down. Um, or just come and say hi on Instagram. Um, it's at Boostly UK. Uh, I love Instagram. I love spending my time on there, putting up posts and stories every day. And, um, or in, in the clubhouse. Come and find us in the clubhouse. It's at Mr. Mark Simpson on the clubhouse. 
Uh, but yeah, one of those three places, come and say hi. Awesome. Mark, you are the man. Thank you so much for joining us and helping our audience to conquer the world of marketing, investing, Airbnb, direct booking, everything, man. I appreciate you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Okay. Show notes for this one, fearlesskyle.com forward slash Boostly, B-O-O-S-T-L-Y. And I mean, all you got to do is just go over there, go to boostly.com, right? Or .co.uk. Um, I think that was, we're, we're going to have a little link in the show notes, uh, but that just so much information, so much good stuff. And, and you need to control your business. That's the biggest thing here, right? You have to take control of your business. You have to own your customers. And by relying on third-party companies, yeah, it's a great place to start, but it's not where you want to be uh, for all of your bookings or the majority of your bookings even. And that's a place that in my business I'm learning and developing as well. So it's exciting to get around people like this and know what they're doing so that I can learn. And then in the process, you guys learn as well. So I hope you uh, just got tons of value and the know-how to be able to go out and create your direct bookings on Airbnb. And uh, I hope today that you were able to conquer the world of investing. And uh, that's going to do it here for the Fearless Investor Podcast. We'll see you next time.